Hey friends, you're listening to Worst Show Ever. I'm your host, CJ Boyd. I'm here with Johanna Warren. We are in St. Petersburg, Florida. It is a beautiful day. We're in a yard, kind of a side yard. Uh, lots of ferns and lovely trees. Johanna and I have just met. I've been a fan of your music for the last little bit. Um, actually got turned on your music, I think, from Eleanor Murray. Oh, amazing. Um, How do you know Eleanor? We've just played a bunch of shows together mm. over the years. I've released some of her music on my oh. little tape label. Oh, amazing. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, she's one of my favorite songwriters. Me and too. I know you've done quite a yeah. bit of touring. Some and with Eleanor. Some with Eleanor. The Angel. <laughs> right. That's been some of the most fun touring I've ever done with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's incredible and she speaks highly of you and I I would love to hear your worship of her. <laughs> well, I was on the fence about what to share, but because you just mentioned Eleanor, one of the many things that she and I have in common actually is um, we both have type 1 diabetes, right. which is kind of an amazing, kind of mystical condition. And it's highly misunderstood because it shares a name with type 2 diabetes, which is sure. kind of a completely different disease. Yeah. But um, type 1 has this really interesting, like, psycho-spiritual hmm. element to it in that, well, I mean, it's got a, there's a lot going on, but one aspect of it is that your blood sugars can sometimes dip into, like, extreme hy- hypoglycemia. And the first thing that happens to your body when that's going on is like you sort of lose cognitive function um, because your body is just trying to conserve energy because you don't have enough glucose to like sustain your bodily function. So like the subtler brain functions are kind of the first thing to go. (laughs) (laughs) So there have been a number of worst shows ever for me where like that has happened like while I'm on stage and because when you're like playing an instrument and remembering lyrics that alone is like so much to hold mentally and then like psychically and energetically like holding that kind of space in front of a room of people and being like finally attuned to the energies of a crowd like that's a whole other dimension of cognitive function so when your brain starts to like run out of juice when you're on the middle of a stage uh it can be like just extremely disturbing for me like i it's happened a number of times where I don't realize that that's happening as it's happening and I kind of just start to feel like I've lost my mind actually like I can't remember my words or I look down and it kind of feels like you just got dosed with some like really bad acid or something it's like not fun just like completely disorienting so I'll like look down at my hands and just be like what is this instrument like kind of this like dissociation from my body and like what am I even doing? Who are these people? Where am I? Oh, man. <laughs> right. um, and to like, I don't know, try to push through a set while that's going on. Um, I don't know. It, it's hard to even really put into words like how how disturbing that is. But I remember the last time it happened. It was at a show in Portland, and it was also on a full moon. So there was already like this kind of heightened sense of insanity in the room 
and then that started happening to me and I just felt like I felt this portal to the underworld <laughs> open beneath my chair <laughs> and I like looked down and was like holy shit <laughs> like this is not good <laughs> and after I got off stage I just threw my merch off the table into my suitcase like beelined it for the door like didn't say a word to anyone just like ran out the door got in my car and started sobbing my eyes out okay and like really just yeah i thought it it took me a few days to recover okay because and it, and it really helped me understand like just the the level of intensity of what it is that we do all the time you know like just that like being these like crossroads for so many currents of energy like putting yourself in front of that many people and doing this kind of quite intense vulnerable energetically loaded thing um it i guess yeah like go going to that edge and feeling um how much damage can be done when you're not like standing in your power uh, has has helped me kind of see clearly like what is really going on all the time. Okay, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Can I ask how often does this happen? This this dip of where you're you become hypo hypoglycemic. Yeah, I don't really know that much about diabetes to be honest. Like, does it happen on average like once a day, once a week, once a month? Like, is there any kind of average that you could say? It really depends on like how how careful you're being with your diet because oh, right. it's always okay. this like balancing act like insulin as a type 1 diabetic you have to inject synthetic insulin because right. your pancreas just doesn't make any right. so anytime that you eat food with carbohydrates you have to compensate with this synthetic hormone so it's and it's imperfect you're always kind of doing your best to guess right. how much you need based on what you're eating and how much you exercised and what your hormones are doing. Oh, right. I didn't think about that. The exercise is another yeah, factor too. Yeah, totally. Okay. And sometimes it just seems kind of random too. So it's, you know, you can do all the right things and still be caught by surprise sometimes. Right. So I don't know. I would say I have a low like once or twice a week. Okay. You're saying, okay, once or twice is, is like pretty average for you. But you're also, it sounds like it seems also like you're pretty in tune with it probably compared to some folks and maybe some folks yeah. have a harder time like keeping that balance too I imagine for sure like I'm really careful with my f- diet yeah. and western doctors don't even really encourage you to pay attention to your diet they're right. just like eat whatever you want and just inject massive amounts of this extremely expensive <laughs> right. medication we want to sell you right, right. <laughs> it works for us <laughs> thank yeah, you <laughs> yeah. um, but there's it's you know it's it's not um curable or that's you know by by any conventional wisdom it's not curable right. i have my own feelings and opinions about the limitless capacity for human healing but (laughs) um but it is definitely like you can do a lot with mindful eating and exercise for sure and you said even so would you say even now like having experienced this for a long time you still sometimes when it happens because it's your cognitive function that's disappearing you still it'll happen you don't realize that's what's happening yeah that's what's crazy about it like 
especially on stage i've noticed like it's definitely happened to me off stage too where because it's like it's your brain yeah it's an incredibly psychological and emotional experience where like there was one time where like my friend was trying to drive to my house and he didn't know how to get there so he was like texting me like what's your address and i just like for some reason just couldn't remember my address (laughs) i that like just triggered this like meltdown and I thought like I've completely lost my mind now and I ended up just like curled up in a fetal position like rocking back and forth in my kitchen just feeling like I needed to like go check myself in somewhere and then I finally realized like oh yeah I should drink some juice (laughs) 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 so when and so when it happens too is it is it you need some sugar like that's yeah that's what corrects it yeah and then you also have to then take the insulin yeah yeah it's always like a balancing act between carbohydrates and insulin so and often when when you go low then like you like rebound oh right but you're saying the, the dip is caused by having low blood sugar right so if you then increase your sugar then that's what hopefully then puts you back over the balance yeah. It sounds like you have a lot of um, very, like, I don't know, beautiful metaphors of how to think of it. I keep thinking of it like limp mode on a, on my van, <laughs> where I don't know <laughs> if this has ever happened. Some, a lot of vans will have where something is wrong and the, the computer has decided, like, we're not going to shut off the engine. Like, you can still drive, but you can't get out of third gear. <laughs> you can't get on the freeway. <laughs> you, yeah. can, you can do the bare minimum of what it takes to get from here to the garage or someplace to to fix your van but that's it and so lots of things don't work now but I keep I keep thinking and obviously this is your life and I'm just like hearing this right now but but that if it was any other part of your body that was not functioning it would be your brain that assesses like oh shit my hand isn't working right now or Right. right oh my stomach is feeling weird what should I do about that but when it's your brain yeah. Well, there's you don't have another part of your body that can assess that and say, ah, my brain is acting weird. What's right. Yeah, yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah. And it's kind of, I mean, there are many sort of hidden blessings that I appreciate about this condition that yeah. I manifested at a young age. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but one of them is really that it's um, provided me with some of the most beautiful like mystical spiritual experiences I've ever had like with psychedelics or meditation or anything like I especially um in the middle of the night like there have been a number of times in my life starting at a really young age where like I would be asleep and dreaming and my blood sugar would start to dip rapidly and the things that your brain does to try to like wake your body up in that state are for me quite amazing and there have been a number of times when I think I've come close enough to like a comatose state while sleeping that I imagine your brain starts to release DMT because it like it's been like a near-death type experience where like I'm it's always like I'm I'm standing in a doorway in the middle of infinite space and (laughs) um, looking out at this like ocean of colored light and 
there's music and it's like the most beautiful music I've ever heard okay. just this like heavenly music of the spheres and the the visions and the colors and the sounds have been just so glorious and I'm aware that I'm like looking at death right and then it's in the in the, in the experience yeah, yeah like in real time I'm like right. wow like this is it and but you're also like asleep at that point. yeah like in this liminal right. state yeah. yeah um and then there's eventually there's that moment of like okay like waking up need juice but it's right. always kind of a bummer <laughs> like being, <laughs> I'm like oh, go away man. from the light <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Juice is delicious, but... <laughs> <laughs> but you were listening to the music of the spheres. And, and there's, hard, there's yeah. always been something about art in there, too. Like, uh, in that moment of coming back, it's like there's this awareness of, like, the archetype of the artist and, like, that okay. path of just, like, this is your job. Like, you're given access to this realm yeah. of, like, unimaginable beauty and then time to go back and, like, do your best okay. <laughs> to do something that comes even close right now do you think I don't have a lot of experience with psychedelics but I, it did make me think of like one of the few times I've done mushrooms where a lot of my experience felt like this is very much my brain with its little secret nooks and crannies coming out that, mm. that like other people's experience of the same you know uh, of the same drug at the same time was completely different mm. and I was like very aware of these little yeah I guess these little like hidden paths within my own thinking and feeling yeah um do you think that artist I don't know if you I mean part of this started because you were saying like you and Eleanor have this thing in common and you've toured together but I wonder like do you talk to non-artists who also have type 1 diabetes and like mm. do you know any idea if they if they have this like art archetype in there or mm. if it's like a separate it's just more about like your like your feelings and your thoughts coming out does mm. that make sense absolutely yeah um yeah honestly like it's a we're a surprisingly rare mm. breed like it's i've only met a small handful of type one people in my life and okay. Um, Eleanor and I have one other friend who's also an artist who is type 1 and I, I feel like there's that common thread and Eleanor and I have definitely talked about yeah. that um, it, it's kind of it's it's sort of a I mean it's a, li a liminal path you know like this this disease that kind of weaves you in and out of the worlds of like these visionary states and kind of it just it's um, equipped me with a very like malleable sense of um consciousness and personality and right. um just everything that we define ourselves by because being involved directly with like at, at least one clearly measurable factor in our psychological emotional mental states um has helped me see like wow we're all just kind of this bundle of like ever fluctuating chemicals and um you know, we are, we are consciousness, like, in these extremely co complex, like, bundles of flesh and science. <laughs> um, but it's all, it's all very fluid, and there are so many, like, layers, like, channels of 
reality that our consciousness can like interface with at any given moment like vertically stacked on top of each other it seems so I think that's useful as an artist to to okay. be aware of that to be aware of the fact that like we can change the channel and, and okay. tune into like other frequencies and um, anyway that's a bit of a tangential answer to your question and I I guess I've only talked to a small handful of um, type one people who are not artists and they've all been it's it's kind of like um, are you a Harry Potter fan? <laughs> I'm I'm aware but I would say not a fan I mean I've, I've seen some of the movies haven't read any of the books so. there's that thing I'm, I forget what it's called but there's that thing there's like a, a certain kind of like mythical creature that people can only see if they've seen death like up oh, close okay. And I feel like it's kind of like that. It's like um, there's kind of this like insignia, like this invisible insignia, where I kind of feel like I can like spot like the energy pattern of a type one person okay. without even okay. having that confirmed by them. I'm just like, oh, like, you know, you know, <laughs> okay. you're like right. half in, half out, you know. Interesting. <laughs> Though I'm, I guess I'm, I have all these thoughts here. One of them is that some of the ways that you're talking are like. I should say there's a parallel between some of the things that you're saying and as you've mentioned like other psychedelic experiences right like I know mm -hmm. folks who are not type 1 diabetic but who would mirror a lot of what you're saying about consciousness and the different layers mm -hmm. and that's that's also a, like a psychedelic experience a lot of times right and I don't I don't have a lot of experience with psychedelics I've mm -hmm. done mushrooms a couple times and really only had one trip that I saw all kinds of weird shit, you know, mm -hmm. and, and most of the other times it's been kind of, you know, sort of interesting but not, like, mind-altering. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess I don't know this, but I guess there are other factors that make you who you are that have, like, led you on the path that you're on, and I would imagine that somebody has this medical condition, but just in their life, given their other factors, their upbringing and what education they were with or just all the things that make a person who they are that don't have this sort of like deeper kind of uh, theory of consciousness or that don't mm. have you know the, the, some of the spiritual stuff and I'm also realizing that my first and still primary association with type 1 diabetes is still magnolias and I think that that's I've actually never seen that oh really yeah okay no, I need to yeah, it's like that's the movie I saw as a kid where someone had type one diabetes, mm. and so that, I think, and it's it they're all just like southern ladies, just just being southern ladies, and you know, <laughs> not I won't say not spiritual, but not in the way that you're talking about, like mm. more traditional in their spirituality, let's say, you know, sure. Jesus and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, that might I don't know if that's relevant at all, but I I sort of would guess that they're still folks who are not particularly uh, like spiritual in the way that we're For sure. talking about that happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, everyone interprets yeah. things that happen to them in different ways and yeah. um, I guess yeah, I it's taken me a bit of time to really come to a place of like feeling authentically grateful for sure this condition instead of feeling resentful or um, 
sorry for myself or something. Sure. But really, truly, like looking back at all of it, um, I I feel like I I I know I, it's not like just a belief. It's like I know for me that um, my body speaks in poetic metaphor and is very I mean like there's no separation between like body and spirit or like it's like the body is like a spiritual um, manifestation you know and it's like it's richly encoded with very valuable information and I think um, everything that happens on a physical level is like a a reflection of what's happening um, in the subtler energetic layers of reality. You know, it's like a dense, um, dense encapsulation of spiritual information. Okay. But um, yeah, what you were talking about before about like the the similarities between uh, what I've been describing and like psychedelic experiences. I guess for me, what I, what came up for me when you were saying that was like. I feel like there's, as someone who has dabbled extensively in psychedelics as well, there's like a huge difference in um, choosing to go into a oh. journey and like a, a visionary state and yeah. knowing that that's going to right. happen that's and like, so you know, consensually ingesting a substance and being right. prepared to go in versus having these like unforeseen right, waves right. just overtake you right. with no warning because that at that in a way has like I mean it, it can be really really scary yeah. and there's something beautiful about that like complete lack of control right. <laughs> and just like a surrender that's kind of necessary to just be like wow like I really yeah like I can I can do everything in my power to like prepare and set myself up for success but at the end of the day like there are larger forces moving right. through me that like might have other ideas <laughs> right right no I didn't even think about that of course mm. that makes a lot of sense that that's a that's a fundamentally different mm. orientation towards the experience when and especially as you've said that like because it's your cognitive function that is debilitated in that moment mm -hmm. that not only did you not choose to do it right there, you don't even realize that it's happening mm -hmm. when it's happening sometimes. Yeah. Um, that also made me wonder, as far as like touring with Eleanor, is having another person there that knows what this looks like, then like, do you get to tell each other like, hey, you're having a dip right now. Like, I got you. Like, oh yeah, it's so helpful. Yeah, because... Yeah, because it is so rare to find someone else to commiserate with it's like so such a massive sigh of relief to have someone who just gets it because otherwise it can just be like so it can feel so hard to even explain so I kind of end up just not even really telling people about it um especially because like oh it's one of my biggest pet peeves when people are like I have a low blood sugar, and it's like, no, you just, you're just hungry. Like, <laughs> right. you just didn't eat lunch. Like, you really don't. <laughs> it's not. Well, is there, a, I assume there's a spectrum, right? That, like, you can have low blood sugar, which isn't the same as having, like, being, or I don't know, maybe that is the same as being hypoglycemic. I mean, Some people are legit medically hypoglycemic without being diabetic. That is a right. thing. 
but I, I've just noticed in recent years, like people really throw that terminology around. I've heard it willy nilly. Yeah, I've, I guess, and this is more of a question than a statement. Or like, I thought you could be like in the way that you can be hungry and you're not starving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that you could be low blood sugar, but it doesn't mean that low. Not right, not low right. like you're gonna pass out and go into yeah. or, or like shutting down, but just right. low in that I'm feeling a little like lightheaded or or something like that does that make sense yeah i think everyone has like some moderate fluctuation within the range of normal i mean i used to i dated a woman once who she i remember she her telling me right when we started seeing each other she's like i get really unreasonable and like (laughs) angry sometimes and it's but like I'm, it's just a low, it's like a blood sugar thing. And she wasn't mm. diabetic, mm. but she was like, literally like, if if I seem like I'm being really like snappy and, and like shitty, like hand me a banana and I'm, I'm fine. And, mm. it, and it worked, it was weird. And I was Interesting. Like, and we got along, for the most part, like really well. And there'd be times where I'm like, whoa, all of a sudden you're really upset about something that it doesn't seem like you would be upset about normally. And then it was like, she would just, eat a piece of fruit and did it ever backfire like did you ever like try to hand her a banana <laughs> I was, when I was, I was not careful was with that. Was, yeah. no you're just being a dick I don't need an apple yeah, uh, I don't think that ever happened but it, it it fucked with me a little bit because I it was the only time that I've ever been with somebody who was so very aware of this specific mm. um, way in which they operate and it every time that it came up it was usually fine I just mm. I knew that it was like but it, it was more of like a hunger thing in yeah. a way I don't I that's don't know. a beautiful thing self-knowledge right. is power right. totally. <laughs> but I mean I just knew that if we were disagreeing about something and she if she had mentioned anything about being hungry I'd be like let's get you food and like mm-hmm. then continue the conversation yeah. and see what happens and maybe we still disagree but like not that sounds Uh, like a good policy just across the board yeah let's let's get some food first get some like really dank like gluten-free pizza and like see how we're feeling after that um but you were talking about commiserating with eleanor and i guess i was i was specifically thinking about as far as like having each other's back like in in a situation where you Mm. dip and you like if you if you know that you're dipping or you don't know that you're dipping but you are and then like do you see it in each other and be like oh Mm. you need need some juice right now yeah i don't know i guess it can be kind of hard to spot unless unless someone's being like visibly like sometimes you can be kind of like acting like you're drunk a little bit or like just you just kind of stop making sense when you're talking so but i guess there's sort of hmm i guess for me like with a fellow diabetic like I, I feel like I know myself I trust that they know themselves right. and like in most cases I defer to like someone else's sure. but I mean if you're like in this situation in Portland where you were saying this hell opened up and <laughs> you I mean did you not know what was happening until later like yeah the whole the rest of you yeah finished out that's the, set. the thing I finished out the set because I just thought I was going insane right I, if I had realized, like, oh, man, I just needed juice, like, I would say something and yeah. say, like, hey, guys, like, I'm sorry, I'm diabetic, yeah. I'll see you in 15, like, right. talk amongst yourselves. But as it was, I was just, like, 
the demons are coming for me. Right. But you finished that. <laughs> I have to make, like act normal, act normal. <laughs> Can anyone yeah. else see them? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. But so you finished out the set. So presumably Eleanor didn't know what. Was oh, going she on. wasn't with me at that. Okay, time gotcha. Yet. I misunderstood that. I thought you were saying she was there too. So you finished out the set, and then had grabbed your merch and left, and then. When did you actually realize what had happened? Like, was it... When I was, like, in my car. Okay. I checked my blood sugar, and it was, like, 40. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know the... is How low is 40? Like, what is that? It's, it's pretty low. Okay. Like, people... I can go down to, like, 30 before, like, passing out, but... Okay. 40 is pretty low. Okay. Yeah. In the situation you're talking about, like, when you're, like, sleeping, and then you start having this vision of the heavenly spheres and all that. Could you actually die in that situation? Like, if you didn't wake up and... Yeah. And like, and like, I, yeah, I've heard of that happening. It's okay. it's a little bit confusing because I also know that um, your, your liver stores glucagon, which is like a highly condensed form of glucose and can like okay. spurt that out um, in emergency situations. Like, to prevent your body from okay. going into a coma or something. And I, I feel like that has happened to me at various times, but I've also heard of people dying in their sleep. Okay. And I've definitely like gone into a coma okay. in my sleep. And um, you hear about people like uh, like falling out of bed and like biting their tongues off, <laughs> like all kinds of fun things. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been fortunate but so it sounds like you'd be more likely to go into a coma rather than like die in that moment I think so it's it's honestly like something that I've gotten mixed reports on from different doctors right you don't want to try it yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'll stick with the mystical visions (laughs) right right real death like we yeah Hopefully. When when yeah. the time is right, right, I won't resist it. But <laughs> I've Hopefully. got some stuff to do here. Right. <laughs> um, I'm curious. You had said that there was an. I don't know. You were saying you had. Um, you were thinking about different stories, and I'm. I don't know. I didn't ask which which way you decided. Like, was this the. Was this the actual worst show, or was this? Like, yeah. Okay. This, yeah. This That's is actually okay. actually the worst show, and it's happened a few times, and they all kind of are bundled together in like right. the collective worst show right. like every time it happens it's the worst show <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> every time it happens I'm times... like can I do this ever again it's too scary how many times would you say do you have any idea like how many times I think it's happened on stage um like in the middle of a set like four times okay. over my whole career which is right. not bad it's right. happened a few times like where I catch it before like I usually I need to be better about just checking religiously before I get on stage, and right. I, I do that as often as I can remember, but sometimes it just slips my mind. Right. And you were saying sometimes this fall in blood sugar happens rapidly. Like, could you check it before stage and still in the, in the course of a set still have that dip? Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah. Especially if you, like, gave yourself insulin sometime in the last, like, two hours before you get on. Like, sometimes it just kind of, like, depending on, like, if you ate, like, a lot of fat that day, it can slow down the absorption and kind of, like, build up and then, like, hit you real fast. So that's the thing. If it's a synthetic hormone that's not as 
intelligent as like your body's natural. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Do you have it? This is getting into stuff that has nothing to do with shows per se, but like, do you know where insulin, like, is it? You said it's synthetic, is it, so it's mm-hmm. made. It's not. Oh yeah. It's like, yeah. Back in the day when they first discovered it, they were using pork insulin because pigs are the closest to humans but that your body the human body tends to have an immune response to that it's like close but no cigar so the synthetic stuff is more readily accepted okay huh this is a kind of going back to the facing death thing but a friend of mine and I were talking a while ago about the fall of civilization and what what we would do and we were both sort of it was a group of folks but the two of us were in particular for saying like yeah I don't I don't think I want to survive under any and all circumstances I think Mm. there are some things that could happen where nah you can I can be food or something (laughs) like I guess I don't know if I want to hang out and he was saying dude I need insulin I if if civilization crashes like as much as I am critical of civilization like I'm fucked like where where am I gonna am I gonna like harvest insulin in the wild like yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> uh, and it's thought I've thought about it since then like yeah I don't know where insulin comes from yeah but it's like in a lab I guess it's just there are folks who make it yeah for to sell to you for high prices in America God bless them yeah <laughs> well yeah thank you so much for sharing your story thank you so much um, I hope it doesn't happen very many more times yeah it sounds like it <laughs> yeah. yeah, just gotta get better at demon slaying. <laughs> <laughs> I have full confidence in you. Um, yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. This episode of Worst Show Ever was made possible by the Patreon pledges of the one of Wyman. Meg Roberts, Christina Perez, and Evan Quayberg. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash worst